Before we get started into the Word of God, uh, I want to say I hope everyone here and your families all across wherever they're located will have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and uh, Christmas is a time of getting together, thinking about the birth of Jesus. I can't think of anybody else that is more important to talk about than the one that went to the cross. <laughs> He's the Savior of the world. He's the reason I'm living today. He's the reason that I'm happy today. There's a lot that comes with salvation. That's part of it. In a troubled world that we're in today, part of that blessing of salvation is just having peace inside. There's a lot of people that don't have peace. I mean, they're troubled. I think of an old song that I, I've learned. Men are like me. They, they're, they trouble and doubt and they worry about everything and they're so busy they have no time to think about love. And yet love is the strongest thing from the very beginning of time and will ever be love. The Bible says, uh, what greater love is there than for a man to lay down his life for his friend or for the people of the world? Can you really believe that Jesus hung on the cross for you and me? I mean, this little group of people here is a part of why Jesus died on the cross. And all of our needs and problems of this world, we can look to Jesus. I'm going to be speaking just a few words out of the book of, I think I'm going to start with the book of Romans. Uh, I want us to look here at uh, chapter 4 in the book of Romans. Oh, I'll tell you what, let's start, let's start about the 16th verse of the fourth chapter of the book of Romans. And while you turn into that, I want to express my appreciation to people that live around me that are neighbors. Not everybody that lives around you is a neighbor. According to the Word of God, a neighbor is one that shows compassion and shows love in order to help you if you're in need. I think about my good friend sitting back there, Chuck. I love that old boy. 
I had an old John Deere baler since I've lived out here between here and Highlandville. And that old square baler, it was trying to make Joyce and I a few dollars to keep the lights on between our music shows. And when the virus struck, I mean, the shows went down. There was nothing across the world. And we was traveling almost every week, sometimes two and three different locations a week. But when the virus struck, I had to keep the lights on because I got a high-dollar rolling woman back there from Maryland. <laughs> oh, you take a look at her today. I mean, she's got every hair in place. Got them fancy clothes on. Hey, it takes money to dress a woman up. But I'd have to call Chuck and say, Chuck, this square baler, this John Deere baler is giving me trouble. I'll tell you what, in a few minutes, he was there. He's the only one I knew that had the ability and was willing to work on my John Deere baler. And finally, I wore his patience out, and we decided to indulge in a better baler so I don't have to call Chuck now, and I just see him at the church and what a friend he has been to me. That's a neighbor. Somebody that is willing to help you in time of trouble. Now, let's see if we can get into the Word of God. I ain't got very long to preach. Because I tell you, them women, I can't wait to get under them dishes. I know what Joyce has brought. And I know there's other women that has brought some things that... Uh, well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm not very picky when it comes to eating. And as you can tell by looking at my sons, they'll eat about anything that's dead or alive. And anything that's moving around, they'll try to hold it down. <laughs> and incidentally, today is the pastor's birthday. Amen. He's just a young man compared to me. How old are you, Brother Aiken? Oh, wait a minute. That's an embarrassing question. Let me ask him something else. How much you weigh? <laughs> I love this man. I love his son. You're talking about the Word of God that's preached. And what I like it, it's preached under the anointing. When I come to church, I want to hear some of the Bible that will keep me out of hell and help me to get to heaven. And my wife just loves him and his son's ministry. And you that are, might be strangers in this church and not familiar with it, if you want to hear the Word of God, you need to come. Because these two men preach the Word of God. He has been preaching a series on the book of Revelations. And I sat back there and I just marvel of the interpretations that this man has on the book of Revelations. Because... We may be living in that revelations that he's been ministering with.
and it's helping me to get to heaven. And uh, sometimes my sons, they won't listen to me, but they'll listen to their wives and they'll listen to a preacher. Uh, if you don't believe me, you just go to their house sometimes. Uh, I remember one time I walked up into the yard of my boy on the banjo, and I could tell they was having quite an argument. And I overheard Steve say, I am not going back to that church anymore. Leisha said, you are crazy. You're going back to that church. Steve said, oh, no. Everything that preacher says, he's looking right straight back at me and pointing. Leisha said, you are absolutely crazy. That preacher don't even know you're there. He don't even know you're available. You're going back to the church. He said, oh, no, I've had it. Everything that preacher points, he's pointing right at me. She said, he's just pointing to get the point across. She said, I'm going to prove to you tonight that he don't even know you're in the building. She took him up there early and set him behind the front door, sitting back there, and he could see the people coming in and that little crack as he was looking at them coming in the door, coming in the door. Well, the preacher got up there and preached, and he preached, and he preached, and he preached three hours overtime. And there was a whole group of kids in the back got restless. They started throwing paper wads. They started standing up. They started talking. They was going in and out of the church, in and out of the church. Finally, the preacher got tired of them. He said, you kids, sit down, or I'm going to put you behind the door with the devil. <laughs> Huh? All right, let's go to the book of Romans. We've had enough fun here. Now, when we get old, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but you will if you live long enough to become old. You're not going to be able to do the things that you one time did. Let's just start here in the 16th verse. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are the faith of Abraham. Now, this is not the King James Version this is the new international version put out by my favorite Bible, which is the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Out of all the Bibles, if I was going to recommend a Bible, it would be the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Now let's drop down uh, to the 18th verse. <clears throat> Against all hope, without Christ... You might as well forget it. There is no hope. Without hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. 
Who said it to him? It was God that made him the promise. So shall your offspring be without weakening in his face. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. That is the main thought that I want you to get a hold of today. The Bible says, who him own self bear our sins in his own body that be, we being dead unto sins might live unto righteousness. The only way that we can come to God is through Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. There's been a lot of men that have served as a priest in the house, but because of death, their priesthood was finished. But there was one priesthood that came from heaven, anointed by God, ordered by God to go to the earth and die for you and I. And this man has never died. Although he went to the grave, he was still alive. And the Bible says in three days, he came forth out of the grave and he was a witness unto the people. And you and I have that commission to witness unto the world. He said to go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel. These boys and me in our shows, I'd have them to come up after we'd finished. They'd say, you know, you had me laughing back there. And they said, you know, you had me crying back there. I said, don't ever be ashamed of your tears. David was a man just like you and me. He found himself failing at times. But you know, the strength that David had with God, he had a repentant heart. You've got to be willing to come to the altar and repent of what you have done, and then God will come to you. Amen. By the way, Pastor Akins, I admire you for keeping these altars. You're really out of date. As a boy, a lot younger than you, son, I knew what the altars were. My mom and dad didn't just talk about God. They lived for God. They didn't have to come to the modern church today and sing the same hymn a hundred times to work up the Spirit of God. They brought him with them and I've seen dad stand and testify and daddy was a man that didn't speak very many words. And by the time he got finished testifying, he was shouting. 
That's the kind of a life that God honors. You know, it seems like, seems like people can get saved today easier than ever before. You know, they just say, repeat this prayer after me. And if you're sincere, you're saved. And then before you know it, they're out in the world again, practicing, doing the things that are wrong, living their lifestyle before they said the prayer. To me, when you get a hold of God, you may not cry and weep like I have, but I'll tell you one thing. When you touch God, you touch the throne of God, you're going to respond emotionally somehow. Stand what you got here. You're going to do that, ain't you? And another thing you're out of date with, you're having services three times a week. Hey, them big churches that I used to go to in Oklahoma, I pastored uh, three years in Oklahoma and a couple years in California. We had services three times a, a week, assemblies of God. But a lot of churches today, they have one service a week. I tell you what, it's easy to live for God today. You don't ever have to come to the church and repent. You don't ever have to come to an altar because there ain't no altars. And there's a term called colloquialism. It's an old, what it really means is it's a term or a saying that was one time popular, but it's sort of out of date. You know what one is? Hell. You don't hear hell mentioned or preached about much in our churches today. I admire you, and I admire your son for preaching the Word of God. I've gone to a lot of different people since Joyce and I have been familiar with you and Josh's messages. And I tell them, that man and his son will tell you how to miss hell and how to get to heaven. That's the greatest message that we can get a hold of because all of us is headed for one of two places and both of them start with H. It's either hell or it's heaven. You have to make a decision. And I think... I want to bring out this this morning before we close. It's such an important thing for you as a father and a mother, a wife, to teach your children the ways of God. Train a child up that when he grows, he will not depart from you. In order to train that child, you must discipline that child. You must teach that child. You must be uh, 
Well, you got to be an example yourself. Bring them to church, whether they want to go or not. I think about these boys and their mother and me years ago when they was little. I always tried to support them and their athletic programs in school. And they always tried to support me and their mother in the ministry. So that's what we have to do. We must train, teach, talk the language of God to our family. The television, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. It's not going to be easy for you to get to hell. You've got to climb over the preaching. You've got to climb over the gospel singing. You've got to climb over uh, television, radio ministries. You've got to climb over people that witnesses about Jesus. It's not easy to get to hell. But you're going to go to hell if you don't surrender your life, your heart, your mind unto Jesus. That's just the way it is. That's the way God set it up for you and I to come to him and believing that he is the Savior of the world. Jesus made two covenants with man. One of them is to forgive. The other one is to forget. Forgiving comes from the heart. Forgetting comes from the mind. Sometimes when somebody does something to us, it's difficult for us with our mind to forget about it. And if we forget about it, that's really making spiritual progress. But you know what? You don't have to forget about it. Just don't hold it inside, but at least forgive. I love the words of the Bible when he talks about laying all of our sins and forgetting our sins behind us. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And remember this scripture. Jesus came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I had a lot of respect for a man that was a preacher. He said, you know, if you don't know when you were saved, and if you don't know where you were saved, you're not saved. There may be some truth to that. What an experience it is to become born again. To come to the altar and weep and cry. That was David in the Old Testament. That was his strength. He knew how to be strong with God. He knew how to touch God. He knew how to be forgiven of God. 
and that was to come and cry and weep before God. I told those people across the nation, don't ever be embarrassed with your tears because that was the secret that David had in his relationship with God. He even says that tears became his strength. There is a strength about repenting. I want to read to you something that might be of help to you. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, 28, so Christ was once offered, he was one time offered on the cross for our sins. He took our sins and gave us his righteousness. Through the plan of salvation, he took my disease my sickness, and he gave me health. He took my weakness and gave unto me his strength. There's something about solid, being solid. Be ye immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You may say, well, I, I just don't know if I'm gifted at anybody. Don't know if I have much gift about me. The Bible says that to every man there is a measure of faith. And with that faith, there's got to be a gift. It may appear to be small. But if you have that spirit within you, that gift can grow, can grow, can grow. Look at America and the world today. How far America has slipped away from the Bible. You know, that's an indication to me that the coming of the Lord is real close. I'm not going to go much longer than this and... Uh, I just wanted to share with you a few verses with you today. And if I could get my sons and Mr. Nashville himself on the electric guitar. You, with your mouth open, yeah, you. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, I love this man. And you're talking about a talented man that God has given. I'd just like for all of our musicians to come, the keyboard man, uh, the drummer. I know this man knows, but I just want to share with him how much of a blessing and an addition he is to this congregation. (laughs) 
There'll be a day when he won't need that cane. There'll be a day when I don't need these. I'm going to tell you how deceived I was. I was living in a world of deception when I was these kids' age. I didn't think that I'd ever lose my hearing or my eyesight. I didn't think I'd ever lose the color of hair I had. It's coming to you, Brother Akins, when you get my age. It's coming to you. I want to give you an invitation. You've been a wonderful audience. You have received some of the word. It's your choice. We are where we're at in life because of our decisions. Our children are where they're at and where they will be because of our decisions. I love you people. I feel real at home this morning. I want to thank you for making me feel more at ease up here. While we sang, Steve, Pastor Akins, come on up here with me, will you? I'll feel stronger because I'll have you by my side. Would you mind giving this great man of God a nice round of applause? Amen. Now, Steve, you come to a close. I'm going to sing a song and dedicate it to Joyce. And while I sang this song, I saw the master this morning. It's been a long time, and I may not get through it, but I'm going to sing a few words of it. And if you feel something inside of you, that's Jesus talking to you. You feel free to come to these altars. And then we're going to go in and eat, right? Boy, we don't want them women all in there eating it all up. Hey. All right. You listen to the words. Let's all stand.